If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Hey team fearless, I just want to take a quick break from this podcast to talk about funding your furnishings. If you're listening to the Fearless Investor podcast, then you probably want to do the Airbnb arbitrage model. Reason being, it's a low barrier of entry, right? $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 to buy furniture with someone else's property. And sure, you can use your own bank account or you can raise the money at a low interest rate from a friend or family member. But wouldn't you rather get that money at 0% interest, aka free money? That's what my friends at Pathway Financial can do for you. Pathway Financial helps people like you get 0% interest credit cards so you don't have to have the financial stress of putting down a ton of money up front for your deals. Think about that for a second. How many arbitrage deals could you do if money was not a concern? Well, that could be the exact possibility with Pathway Financial's help. Get a free quote from them today. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash pathway financial to find out how much you can get pre-approved for right now. And don't worry, it won't have any impact on your credit score because it's a soft inquiry. So go once again to fearlesskyle.com forward slash pathway financial and get that free quote. What's up, Team Fearless? You are back at it with me uh, on another episode of the Fearless Investor Podcast. Kyle Stanley coming to you talking about short-term rentals, everything short-term rentals. And if you have not already subscribed, to our YouTube channel and to the podcast and left a review, especially on the podcast, then please, please, please just take a minute, press pause, scroll down, go ahead and do that, whether you're on YouTube or on the podcast, subscribe and leave either a comment or a review that helps out tremendously. You have no idea how much that helps. Uh, every comment, every review helps a ton. So please do that. I'm really excited about this conversation today, and I'm extremely excited about it for you listening on recording right now because this was, to date, the most engaging live call that we had in the six-figure formula, which, by the way, if you're not a part of, you just missed out on a ton of opportunities to ask Halame Kenny Kenny for his knowledge on creative financing, short-term rentals. He has bought over 40 in the last eight months. We're going to get to his story in a second, but you can go ahead and look at what you get in the six-figure formula by going to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. All of our members in this group get to listen to this podcast live before it ever goes live on our platforms, but they get to actually listen to it live and ask Halame and ask all of our guests questions so that you're an active listener of the podcast rather than a passive listener of the, of the podcast. You get to engage with all of our guests, and that is a true benefit of being a part of the six-figure formula. So go check it out. Again, fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Now with Lame, a lot of you probably remember he was on our podcast about a year ago as one of the most amazing success stories of all of our students in the six-figure formula. Had got 50 properties coasting an arbitrage within the first five months of being in the short-term rental game and was already grossing over a million dollars in short-term rentals in under a year. It was Amazing to see, and you didn't think that he could outdo that performance, but he did. And in the last eight months now, he's gone and he's purchased over 40 properties with other people's money 
and without doing it through the traditional ways of going through a bank and having to get a loan and getting a high interest uh, loan because of the way that real estate is going. He's gone and, and he's still getting loans at 3.5%, 4.2%, and with almost no money down or none of his own money. And this is a strategy that has completely changed his life, completely changed his net worth. And he's helping people and helping his community along the way as well. That's the greatest thing about this is that he's, it's not, uh, you know, one person wins and the other person loses. Everyone's winning in these deals. And he's going to break that down for you right now here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. Guys, welcome into another episode of the Fearless Investor Podcast. And we are going live in our six-figure formula group as usual. And I have a feeling that the comments and the questions are going to blow up today because we have someone that has been needing to get back on my podcast for a long time now. Halame Kenny Kenny goes by Lame. We're going to keep it uh, simple there with, with the nickname. Uh, Lame, bro, you are, and first of all, just backstory for everyone. If you really? have seen the episode with Lame that we did last year, one of our most popular episodes to date, uh, Lame got to 50 properties using the arbitrage model and some co-hosting in only five months. And he has moved in this business incredibly fast. And he and I have become very good friends. And when he told me that he's bought now 40 plus STRs in just the last eight months, I was like, we have to give an update to everyone here. So Lame, what's up, brother? Excited to have you on, man. Hey, super stoked to be here. Thanks for having me back. So really quick, man, just, just like kind of overview, catch people up since you've been on the episode uh, or since you were on the podcast. It, at that point, you were kind of starting to buy some properties, I feel like, but now you're like, that's all you're doing. And I want people to just kind of hear from the horse's mouth what you've been up to. Yeah. So to kind of recap, I, I remember the last time we spoke, um, yeah, I was heavy in arbitrage and co-host. And that was mm -hmm. like kind of our, our model. Um, I moved quickly and I attribute a lot of that to kind of my background in sales, as I've shared with you. And among kind of other strategies I implemented in finding certain people um, and knowing how to close them and knowing how to communicate and speak their language. And this was almost two years ago now. It was about 18 months ago. As we all know, in the last 18 months, real estate has shifted hard. And that was kind of uh, an eye-opener for me. When I started to do these arbitrage, when I started to do these co-hosts, I started losing co-hosts. I started losing people to the market, to the economy, people getting scared. And so I decided at that point that I needed to pivot. And that's really when I started to kind of ask myself, okay, how can we remain profitable and relevant and take advantage of the market as it sits today? Um, and that's when we really started to shift into creative finance. And so to kind of give people an overlay of creative yeah. finance, most people are familiar with traditional financing, going and qualifying for a loan through a yeah. bank, and then you're getting a mortgage, you go buy property. We also know that there's a lot of cons to that. You got to have income, you got to have credit, you got to have seasoned money, all this crap, and there's a bunch of red tape. Uh, what people aren't aware of is that there's this whole other world, this whole other means of acquisition under the creative finance umbrella. There's seller finance, they're subject to, there's MLOs, contract for deeds. And these are other means of acquisition that you can buy a property, you can get ownership, you get title, you get deed in exchange for creating a note that is between you and the seller directly. So you're kind of cutting out the, the whole mortgage and traditional route that we all are familiar with. And the benefits to it is there's 
You don't need credit. You don't need, in some cases, you don't need a lot of money or your own money. Um, and you can, you can literally quite literally close in, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we've done heavily. Our exit strategy, we're going into these purchases, these acquisitions with the strategy, hundred percent of always being short-term rental. And when you can do that and you can kind of, kind of combine those two worlds, you start to be in a very, what is a very niche space, which is creative acquisitions into short-term rentals. And that's, that's more or less what we do now is I'm strictly, I'd, I'd say the more accurate definition of my company, it was property management and has since evolved into an investment real estate company. So, so a lot of stuff there. And, and I want to, first of all, just back up really quick to give everyone a real foundational idea. And guys, if, if you want to really dive into like, what is creative financing? We have a couple episodes with Chris Prefontaine and Zach Beach on our podcast and uh, YouTube channel. So like if you if you want that deep dive on what this is, please go there. But I, I want to just get a foundational idea of what it is and then dive a little bit more into like the deals that you've been doing and how you're getting them. Cool. So so cool. yeah, just like break down one deal of let's say subject to and one deal of owner finance, just so people kind of understand what the majority of these deals look like. Yeah, love it. So um, I'll share with you a deal that we just purchased last month. Um, this was a million dollar property um, in a destination area here in Utah. And the property was owned free and clear by the developer. So the developer actually built a community of homes and he, had, he was the lender on them. It was his money going into these builds. And as we know, in the last 18 months, the market shifted. He can't dispo it. He can't sell it. Yeah. And so, because, and this is just so everyone knows, Salt Lake City, that's where you're doing all of these, right? Yeah. So, this one in particular is called, uh, it's in St. George. So, it's okay. southern yeah. Utah, but yeah. everything, everything I buy is in Utah. Okay. Um, we have some properties elsewhere, but majority in my backyard, which is Utah. Cool. And so, I approached this developer and I actually ended up purchasing uh, four properties from him, but I approached him. He owns the property free and clear because it's his money that was leveraged to, to be able to, to build the property. Um, it's okay. brand new build. Um, and so I approached him and I said, Hey, look, I know you're not moving this property. So let me step in and let me buy it from you creatively. Let me make you the bank and we'll come up with a note between the two of us. That makes sense. Right. And you could do that because he owned it free and clear because there was no bank involved essentially at this point. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And so basically we just create a note. It's the same note that you would create in the event if you had Wells Fargo on it or someone else. But because he owns it free and clear, he is now the bank, right? And so the note that we came up with was I was going to give him 75 grand down on a million dollar property. So that is less than 10%, right? If you're buying it traditionally, you're putting 20% down just to acquire it. Yeah. Right? So there's a huge exactly. win there. The second term that was very, very good for us was we were getting an interest rate at 4.5%. Which is crazy right now yeah. in today's world. Mm -hmm. And so this one's incredible interest rate. Um, if I were to buy this traditionally, you're at 6.5 if yeah. everything's perfect, right? Um, and so I'm able to buy it at 4.5% interest rate, less than, I think it ended up being like 7% down total. And then in these deals, the way that you make it make sense for the seller is there's a time frame at which you actually will go and get traditional financing on. And so you, we call it a balloon payment. So, right. so which is five years. Okay. So for this one in five years, 
I'm going to then go and get a traditional mortgage in place and I'm going to buy him out of the remainder of what's owed to him based on the purchase price we agreed on. And yeah, and so that's the key thing right there. You're, you're identifying the purchase price up front, not the purchase price of what would be five years down the road. Correct. So I think that's important for people to understand because that took me a minute to kind of wrap my brain around when I first got into these. And you know, I've done 5% of the creative finance deals that you've done, but I, I have a little bit of a foundational idea because when, for me, like, Someone, even like for you, Lame, you've got someone that has a real big need. I'm not selling this property. It's not moving. I don't know what to do. But even if they were in a position of saying, hey, I'm getting offers, why would I want to talk to you? Well, if we identify that purchase price five years down the road, they're getting their down payment. They're getting a monthly interest rate and they're getting an inflated purchase price five years down the road. And when you look at those numbers, it's a win for the seller too, because instead of them getting, let's just say 400,000 now with interest and the down payment, and let's say they purchase, you purchase it at 450, they're probably going to make like 550 after five years. So they're going to make a lot more money with that interest and principal payments as well. So that was something that when I understood that, I was like, oh, I can talk to anyone about this. They don't have to be in a really bad situation. They just have to be able to be in a position of, hey, I can wait for the money five years from now and look at this as an investment instead of just, hey, I need to get it off my plate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where, you know, if you can communicate effectively the the pros and the cons of these deals to people, it just makes a lot of sense. It's crazy how much sense it makes for the seller mm -hmm. and at the same time, the buyer, i.e. me, because I know how to short-term rental. Yes. Right? And yep. that's where that's really our ace in our pocket for everybody that's in the six FF. You guys have in your back pocket a skill set that allows us to be more, allows us to cash flow more and buy more of these deals and have it make more sense because we understand how to make the property make money, generate yes. money. So and speaking of six FF, hey six FFers that are listening to us right now live, like is this resonating with you? Because I'm seeing questions we're gonna stay on live afterward for this um now for those of you out there listening to the recording i i, I just want you to really if, if that didn't make sense rewind it listen back to it because this is really important stuff so that was owner finance correct now let's look at a subject two because that's a hey. whole different animal okay so i'll uh, i just finished up with a duplex that i ended up renovating and i'll kind of go through the details with you Subject two is short for I, as a buyer, am subject to the existing finance on the home, okay? So I found this young lady who had bought a property less than a year ago, and there were two major problems that she had. One, the property needed some work, and she didn't have as much money or time as she could to, as she needed to be able to get it up and running. Okay. to get it to become a profitable piece of real estate. So it was an investment for her. Yeah, it was an investment for her. It was a duplex. Okay. But because it was run down, she was getting kind of those, you know, lower class renters. And there was a lot of problems with the property. She kept having to feed more and more money into it. The second problem was she hated being a landlord. She hated being solving people's problems as a manager, right? right? And a landlord. So I was able to solve those two problems. Um, 
in in this acquisition, okay? Um, with it being a kind of a rundown property and needed an injection of money to get it up to code, I proposed to her a subject to deal where I would come in and I would take over the payments, okay? Now, be, now, now, now there's a very strong distinction between me taking over the payments versus the loan. And a lot of people get that mixed up. In a subject to deal, I am not taking over the loan. I am simply taking over the payments. Okay. okay. So I'm taking over her payments. The benefit to me is her interest rate was 4.25%. Okay. So I'm okay. taking- so pa- Pause just for a second because I want to make yep. sure people understand that. You said you're not taking over the loan. You're taking over the payments, meaning the loan is staying in her name. You're just now paying it from Lame LLC bank account not her bank account. Absolutely. Yeah. And so on her, on, you know, the loan provider, my credit cards on there. Um, it's coming from my account. I'm the one that's taking over the payments and making the payments. However, the loan is still in her name. Right. So that's a subject to purchase. The benefit to me again, is that interest rate is 4.25%. Okay. The benefit to her is she no longer has this liability. She no longer is paying this mortgage. Okay. Now, t- now talk, talk me through that just for a second, because devil's advocate says, but the, the loan is still in her name. So how is that not a liability for her? Really good question. And so there's a few things as a seller and a buyer that you need to be aware of. When you're doing a subject to purchase as a seller, you really need to make sure and have your ducks in a row that whoever is making the payment is a credible buyer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you need to trust that they're going to be able to make the payment because if they don't, it defaults and it's, it's, it's on you, right? Like it's on your credit, right? Um, and so there's a few ways to protect yourself. Um, there's a deed of trust, uh, which essentially is a note. It's a deed that gives ownership back to the seller in the event that I, as the buyer, do not make the mortgage. Mm. And you can do that far before it even defaults. You can do that in 30 days. You can do that in 60 days. For me, because everything's on auto pay, I just have in there 45 days. Yeah. Like if I don't make a payment in 45 days, they get ownership back. And that's well before that, you know, there may be a late payment, but that's well before any bank is even considering foreclosure. Right. Um, but even in my world, that's a, uh, that's just, you know, I'm, I'm going to pay well before then. But we have that in place to protect the seller, to let them know that, hey, even though I'm taking over the payments and your credit is at risk, we have this deed that's in trust that gets you the property back freeing like. Like you just get it ownership back as is. It goes back to your name immediately on the four forty sixth day that I do not make the payment. Right. Okay. So recapping really quick, we're taking over the payment. This is a situation for this duplex. She didn't have the money to do some renovations. She hated being the landlord. She now has a piece of property that looks more like a liability than an asset to her. You're taking over the payments. The reason that she would do this is because if you ever default. She now owns it back again. Now the next objection is, well, what if you take it over and property's at a eight out of 10 condition, but when I get it back, it's six out of 10. You've just, and now I have more work. And and so how do you talk through that? Yeah. And really that's, you know, that, that comes down to rapport and trust in your credibility and in your brand, right? Because at the end of the day, that's a risk that anybody's going to take. You don't know right? As a seller, you don't know, right? If that's ever going to happen and that's the risk. And so a lot of these transactions are really about relationships and credibility and being able to communicate effectively 
your strategy and what you plan to do. That's another thing where our space, everybody in 6FF, our space is a comforting tool in these negotiations because in me communicating to her, I'm telling her exactly my plan. And that is, I'm going to renovate it. I'm going to improve the property right away. But then two, me paying the mortgage is the last of my worries because I don't make money at paying the mortgage, right? And so I'm communicating to her, look, I'm incentivized the right way in this model because for me to make money, I need to make excess of what I'm paying you, Yeah, right? I need to make excess of what the mortgage is. And by the way, I'm also paying her on top of the mortgage, $500 a month. Okay. So that's- She's getting- Extra residual cash flow. Yeah. She's getting true passive income without the, without being a landlord. Um, and we, we kind of came to that agreement as we solved their problems. And in my take also, in addition to, okay, I'm going to take over this property. I'm going to put money into it. I'm going to give you a $500 a month residual. I paid zero down for this property. Paid nothing to get it. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, just add to what you're talking about here with being transparent with the plan. I, I reached out to you about a deal that I was trying to structure and I got that same question. Like, Hey, we're going to purchase this. The property at the time was worth like 375 and we were doing a seven year balloon. And I said, how about 425? He said, well, you know, like worst case scenario, what if the market crashes and it's not worth 425? And, and I said two things. I said, well, one, we can just push out the balloon payment. You can keep on collecting those checks or number two, is by the way, my plan with this is to add uh, to turn that garage and permit it into uh, another unit, which is already going to add about fifty thousand dollars to the property. So as soon as I buy it from you at four twenty five, it's going to be worth four twenty five at right. that moment, uh, not five years, seven years down the road. So I, I I totally agree. I think you have to be transparent so that they see, hey, okay, this guy is adding value, and this is a safe. Really, because it is an investment for them too. If you look yep. at it that way, it's yep. just investment for them as well. Yep, yep, exactly. And so in a lot of this, I think people approach this oftentimes the wrong way. Um, a lot of people go into this trying to solve problems with numbers. And although that at the end of the day, when you write when you write up the deal, that's what it looks like. But these deals, I'm telling you guys, these deals are all about solving problems emotionally. Yes. Like being able to communicate effectively. Look, this is how I'm going to help you. These are my credentials. This is why you can trust me. And this is the plan that you can put your trust in so that we can solve your immediate problems that you have right now. Right. Um, and that's all it is. And so, and then really that's when you can kind of boil down into what the numbers actually look like. So, so either way, whether we're owner financing or subject to it, we're still negotiating a down payment. Uh, it could be nothing. It could be something but the the real benefit is it's likely going to be less than 20 percent, which is better Correct. financing than what you get at the the bank Correct. Uh, you're still going to negotiate the monthly payments it might just be taking over the payments or it might be uh taking over payments plus a little bit more or an owner financing situation just what do they need correct and am i correct both at some point are going to have a balloon payment or does the subject to not have a balloon payment so again, that's a negotiable piece. Both of them could or couldn't, right? On either side. For this one, um, the balloon was a lot further out. I think it was about 15 years. And so this nice. one was a long one. But but there's some sub two notes where you know the the seller's just willing to write out the entire note, right? That's awesome. So, just- so those are those are three negotiating pieces. Is there anything else 
that you're negotiating from a number standpoint? Yeah, without diving into the weeds, and I'll try and simplify this as possible. Apart from that is the amortization scale. Yeah. And all that is, guys, is how long the loan is. Traditionally, yeah. most loans are 30 years. But in an amortization scale of 40 years, you can spread out, you can add 10 years to make the payment lower, right? Yeah. You may be paying more interest heavy on the front end and you got to be aware of that. But if you're all about the cash flow, sometimes I can go in and spread that loan out to, you know, 40, 50 pace Morby. He's a, you know, he's huge stud. He's the king of seller finance sub two. Um, he just closed a big old note on like a 60 year amortization scale. Jeez. <laughs> so, so that's another one to try and make the numbers work. You can kind of spread that out. And then the other one, um, I'm, I know there's five. I'm trying to think. So we got down. Well, while, while you're thinking of that, let me, let me ask you a question. So like amortization scale, which I don't know why they make that such a hard word to say. Um, <laughs> I don't even, every time I say it, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you talk to a loan officer, they're always like with a, with a five-year arm. And I, I like, I like arm better than amortization. Yeah, yeah, um, so with, uh, with the amortization schedule, I feel like if I'm going to start negotiating that, that's probably someone a little bit more sophisticated in, in the loan and, you know, investing process rather than maybe someone who's just selling their house that they've lived in for the last 20 years. Correct. And, yeah. and I'd say the, the more deals that you close in creative finance are going to be directly related to your ability to educate your sellers on yeah. these, on these terms, right. In a very simple way. Right. Cause if you're, if you're confusing people and you're over explaining, it'll hurt you. Yeah. Um, but there's a very simple way to kind of explain these to every seller to help them understand. And, and in, in an amortization scale, the simple answer is, Hey, you're going to get more interest up front but it is going to be a lower payment for me. That's the give and take. That's that's it in simple language. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, listen up. If you are not using Price Labs, you are literally throwing money in the trash. Dynamic pricing is a must in our industry. If you don't know what that is, dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing. When demand is high, Price Labs will get you high price bookings, and when demand is low, it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short-term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs. So one day I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm gonna try this thing out. And immediately my income went up 15 to 20% on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash Price Labs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership. That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. Well, and I think you just said the perfect thing for us to segue developing this relationship with a potential seller and you mentioned the word educating solving problems right like let's let's just from a actual case study standpoint give me like one person that you maybe the shields were up they didn't want to talk to you or maybe they were like i i might be open to this but not really and you were able to develop the relationship to lower the shields and how you educated them and just kind of Put me in the shoes of that person right now. Help me feel what that's what that felt like. Yeah, really good question. Um, let's just take this duplex, for example. Okay, the seller on this duplex. The way that I actually had met her and the way that I had approached her is she had reached out 
to get an idea of what it would look like if she Airbnb'd her duplex, right? Okay. And so there was a relationship there already, at least an interest in my space that helped. And I'm, I, I think that's important because most sellers you come across, they're interested in short-term rentals. They're interested okay. really in anything that's going to create an income that's going to solve their problem, right? Sure. Um, and I, I don't think we leverage that enough in terms of like just giving people options. Cause really my options initially to her were twofold arbitrage and we'll run the numbers to see if that makes sense for me or co-host and we'll num run the numbers and make sure if that makes sense for her. Okay. And then going and diving down those routes, we started to really see that, Hey, this property needs a lot of work. It's going to be hard if we do it. It's going to be hard for either. Right which then allowed us to then go into, well, what if I bought this from you? You know, what if I bought this from you? Now I can't buy it traditionally because as you know, right, this, this property is depreciated over the last 18 months because of real estate and it needs a lot of work. So you're probably not going to get what you want for it, right. but I can solve an issue creatively. Right. And I think that that giving options is always for me, it served as a very like, hands-off approach, not salesy at all. Very like, Hey, I'm just trying to help. I think that's a huge strategy in earning and building trust with these. And it, and it can go with anybody, right? If you're approaching a seller that's had it on for 90 days, there, the house has been on MLS for 90 days, hasn't sold. I'm approaching them as a means of options. Like, Hey, have you considered that running this as a short-term rental? Let me run some free comps for you. Right. And then once we go past that and we say, okay, maybe it's not going to work. Well, what if I bought it creatively, right? And me giving these options is a, it's just a much more, I think, humanistic way of approaching a problem that lets them feel like, hey, he's really trying to just find a solution for me, right? Yeah, I, I love this. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is the more tools that you have in your tool belt to be able to solve problems, the more likely you're going to be able to, instead of saying, Hey, sell me your property. It's, Hey, let me solve your problem. Oh, by the way, one of the things I can do to solve your problem is potentially buy your property, but let's look at all these other routes as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody in this group has one key tool and that's short-term rental. Mm. And it just so happens that everybody loves that tool. Everybody, every seller loves that tool. So, and, and I love this conversation because we have a brand new client in our portfolio that we're managing for. And he, and he has a cash issue. And so even getting the $10,000 to get this property up and running was like a stress for him that we've now had to put him on a payment plan. And he's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make a decision in December if I'm keeping this or not. And I said, well, if you decide to sell it, make me the first phone call because I want to have a discussion with you on, on buying this property, which by the way, this property to date has gotten the biggest nightly rate on one stay in Fresno, which was $530. We've never had that happen in Fresno. Let's go. Highest before that was 350. So like almost <laughs> doubling it. And but but the the thing I I love about what you said is I, I've experienced that. I've experienced that like if you just come in and you solve someone's problem, his immediate problem was I need to cash flow. Well, even though he's cash flowing now, he's still stressed about this property. So he might have a bigger problem that I can solve in three to four months. Mm -hmm. Um and, and I'll I'll keep you in the loop on that. So from an education standpoint, like going back to your first or second deal, maybe when you were like, I don't know all the right things to say. And I think about it from my standpoint of like, when I first started doing this too, and I, I've struggled still to find a deal because I do think that 
there is just a lot of conversations to have to learn from like, what's the right things to say? What's the wrong things to say? What's oversharing? What's not enough information? And so I, I think let's look back at that like first conversation and what were all the things that you did wrong? Take us through that and then how that would be different today if you were to go back to that first conversation, no matter if it was a yes or a no. Yeah, really good question. So I think to, I think really the conversations that I had started before it was just me pitching, right? It started before even my personal. And that came by way of conversations with Rochelle Jarvis, who is, as we know, one of the queen bees in California of creative finance. Um, Strat, right? In that mastermind group. Um, yeah. Some of my local uh, buddies here that were buying creative, Alec Burbage, um, all the, like, just being able to surround yourself with guys that are actively doing it and then running by scenarios with them of like, hey, what would you say? What would you do in this scenario? What would this look like? I think there's a lot of preparation that takes place before you even start to make those first calls and those first initial ones to be able to like just see how people think in this world. Yeah. Um, and then once you kind of put your, you know, your feet to the pavement and you really start having those conversations, it really fills out the the other 50%. Yeah. So I think it's those two, two, like it's those key two pieces of educating myself, having open conversations with people that know, and then going out and gaining the experience. Yeah. That's really what helped me develop the education to be able to have those first deals. And I'll, I'll be honest too, a lot of my experience in my door-to-door -door industry um, I, I was born in Brethren door-to-door industry. I used to sell security systems and run teams selling security systems door-to-door. -door. Um, that helped me a lot um, in navigating these conversations. But it, it, it was really a combination of those things that helped me lead up to my very first deal. Um, and, it, and it was a lot. It was a lot of fails, right? Like I remember in our, our previous podcast, remember when I was like, man, I felt like I was on fire. I felt like nobody was saying yes to, or no to me. But then right. when I started preparing for that, for that, for that presentation, I started to go through all of my old messages and I was like, I got like 30 no's before I got my first yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but crazy, the mindset, right? Yeah. The mindset was just like, Hey, I'm going until I get my yes. And it's crazy how, you know, one success with one success, a million failures are forgotten. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the mindset you have to have going into this, but a lot of pre-education talking with experts, understanding the game yourself. And then experience coupled yeah. with experience is really what helped me. And so. just for context, uh, for those that are listening here um, in the 6FF community, Rochelle Jarvis is a transaction coordinator. She is the best transaction coordinator in the business when it comes to these deals. And having a transaction coordinator on your side is not just a service that's being provided to help you close the deal. It's also someone that has way more knowledge. It's almost like having a mentor along the way as well. And so for those that are in the 6FF community, if you're ever getting to a point where you're like, I want to do creative financing and I want to do a deal or I've got a potential deal, hit me up, DM me, and I can get you connected with Rochelle because she is the best in the business. Lame, let's let's transition now because the whole you know purchase or the whole uh, title of this is how you purchased 40 plus properties in eight months with other people's money. Yep. How are you now? Of course, you know, 0% down, like you don't have to go raise money for that unless you're yep. renovating or adding some furniture. 
But what about these ones that need, you know, the the down payments or need a little bit of renovations, <clears throat> need 50, 60, 70K? How are we doing that? So there is a huge opportunity. And I'll tell this right now to everybody that's listening. And I say this all the time. And I feel like this is like a million dollar piece of advice just because it's worked wonders for me. There's a huge opportunity in retail, the retail side of raising funds, crowdfunding. Okay. okay. What I mean by that is there's two bodies in crowdfunding in, in creating in grabbing pools of people's money and utilizing them for investments. There's the normal investment funds that we're aware of. And usually it's accredited investors, which is people that have a net worth of a million plus, or they have multiple investments, yada, yada. That's what we know, know of mostly when you talk about real estate investment, that's where most people are pulling their funds, all the big names. The other side, which I think is is like a huge opportunity is your grandma's brother who is now newly widowed and he just got a life insurance policy, right? Mm -hmm. Or your next door neighbor has just been saving for years and he has 50 grand laying around, right? Right. It's all of the people that are in arm's reach of you that just have anywhere between, you know, 25 to a hundred grand or more, right? And you'll be surprised how many actually do, especially in today's economy. There's a lot of fear in digital currency. There's a lot of fear in investments. So people have cash on hand and they're holding it close, right? Now, with that being said, the opportunity that is in front of us, everybody in 6FF right now, is two things. When you can understand how to buy creatively with low interest rates while coupling that with short-term rentals, you create a huge opportunity of cash flow where you can pay people interest on their money for coming and helping you buy this property, right? When I'm buying a house, let's go back to my very first deal that we talked about in this podcast. When I bought that million dollar home at 4.5% interest rate, I know going into this because I know short-term rentals that I'm going to cash flow 150 grand on that property annually, right? And with cash the more- 150 grand? Right, gross, right? Top line, yep. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Those are the comps. Those are the yeah. comps, right? Anywhere between 120, 150 grand, okay? When I know the comps, I know the area, I know what's being done there as a short-term rental, and I'm confident that I can operate a good enough operation to get there, and I can lock it down at 4.5% interest rate, what I've done is I've created a huge gap in cash flow that I can leverage to then go get other people's money and cut them in the deal as partners. Mm. So now I'm going to my grandma, I'm going to my cousin's brother twice removed, and then I'm going to you know my ex-girlfriend's mom right? Each of them have 50 grand each. And I'm saying to them, you can be a part of a million dollar property. If you give me X amount of money and I will give you in exchange equity in the property, as well as a cash flow, uh, a, a preferred rate of return on your money monthly. And I can do that because again, I creatively bought this property. I, I have a low interest and because of that, I have low payments. And I know what I can cash flow on this. And I'm confident in my ability as an operator, as a short-term rental operator. And there's just a lot of cash flow there to cut people in the deal. So now I'm buying homes with literally none of my own money, but I am operating it and I own it, right? And I bought it with none of my own money. And, th and this, I'm, I'm literally giving you guys away the secret yeah. sauce to my business. That's all I've been doing. And really it's been incredible because I now at 31 years old, I know a lot of you are like, wow, you thought you probably thought I was like 40 or something. <laughs> <laughs> 31 I get, I get the same feedback. 
at 31 years old, I now own 40 plus properties across Utah and some in other states, right? And it's incredible. And I don't own them all free and clear. I have partners, pretty much 95% of them. However, the the cash flow is there. I have equity in in a huge portfolio. And on top of that, I'm feeding my management company because who's managing these properties? We are. Yeah. So. Yep. So let's let's use some real numbers there. So you just mentioned like $150,000. And you told me before we got on here that you're doing like 8% preferred return on most of your deals. Yep. So 8% annually of $50,000 is $4,000. Divide that into 12 monthly payments. That's $333 of monthly payments. So 333 interest only? Correct. Interest only. And then when you what refinance or sell or your exit strategy, then you're paying back that fifty thousand they originally had. Okay, correct. So three hundred thirty-three dollars times three. Let's just round it up. That's a thousand dollars per month. If you bought this property at and your gross is going to be one hundred fifty thousand dollars, after all expenses, let's say you're going to cash flow twenty-five hundred dollars per month. You just brought in three investors that are putting all the money in, and instead of you cash flowing twenty-five hundred dollars a month. You're cash flowing $1,500 a month, which by the way, guys, still freaking good. And and you own a portion of a property, plus you're getting all the tax advantages as well. And you have no money in this deal. Is that yep. is that like a typical type of way to break down that? that exactly deal? it. That's exactly it. And 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 I'm and by the way, I'm giving out most away 40% of the property, 50 wow. if I feel generous. And so and I can because that's where the market is in the retail space of crowdfunding. Because as the, as the investor, you're getting to partake of a million-dollar property that alternatively you couldn't even touch. You only had enough money barely for the furniture, if that. But then two, you're getting mailbox money that's coming yeah. to you at a preferred rate that you, is really hard to compete with nowadays, right? And then second, it's leveraged against real estate, so it's a relatively safe investment. Yeah. Right? And so there's a lot of good for these people. And it's crazy, as I've mentioned before, with these creative deals coupled with short term rentals, how much it makes sense for them, mm-hmm. but also for me. Right. Yeah. And the seller. Like it's just everybody's winning. It's a win, win, win. I right? love it. Couple six FF comments here. Tashiano says, teach me your ways. And Angel says, light bulb. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this. And, and Team Fearless out there listening to the recordings, like, this is so far today, one of my favorite podcasts and we're, we still have a little bit of time left to go, but I hope this has been light bulb moments for you too. Let's for a second here, Lame sidestep because we're, we're running out of time and I know you have just some amazing stories. So like, yeah. what are maybe some, some doors to either opportunities or people or places or just things that you never thought would open that have opened for you in going down this route? Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. There, there's a saying in the sales industry um, that I grew up in. It's like your best salesman is your last customer, your last client that you made money. Right. Um, And for me, it's, it's been, it's been just that when you can make somebody money, it really is incredible how, how quickly that snowball effects take place. And then everybody's coming to you. I mean, in a short amount of time, um, you know, uh, Keaton Hoskins, he's the muscle. He's a local, uh, he's a local guy here, has a huge following. Some of you guys might know him as one of the diesel brothers. Yeah. He, he recently bought a property with me. He picked me up wow. in a helicopter 
and brought me back <laughs> to my house. He literally dropped me off at my house, like no big deal. Just like just like in our neighborhood, because like helicopter <laughs> helicopters are treated like vehicles, like you can park them anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Where, so, did like, your neighbors come out? Like, what's going on? Is oh yeah, everybody, yeah. I was the coolest <laughs> guy in the neighborhood from that point on, right? So, <laughs> so he dropped me off, you know, and, and since then I've connected with just a lot of local people. And and that's what I that's another piece of advice I give is, you know, the the doors open quickly when you start serving the people right in your back door because everybody's connected everybody's connected when you start serving directly the community that you're a part of it's incredible how quickly your name becomes a household name to where people trust people know that you do good business people have multiple people telling them from different angles hey i know lama he did this hey i know lama he did this for me right and so that's just multiplied to where you know i i get asked now to speak at two or three events a month locally um i get asked occasionally internationally um or excuse me nationally but it's it's just been huge being able to service that and to me that's like the name of this game is really like you're just solving people's problems and serving you're serving the community it's ironic how much how much money i can make in doing this because it's such a win-win-win but you know i've just i feel incredibly blessed because of the doors that have come just because i do good business and I treat people good and I serve people in my community directly. Oh, awesome, brother. A couple more questions, but I, I do want to know, you know, what do you feel like is next in this journey? Like you've, you've accomplished so much since I met you 18 months ago, you were able to add on 50 arbitrage and co-scene units right away. You now have purchased over 50 properties in such a short amount of time. Like you're doing big things that no one in their lifetime typically does and you've done it in 18 months. So what is next for you? Yeah. You know, I, I think for me, I'd like to really start getting into the commercial space. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if many of you have been keeping an eye on the commercial space, it's tanking right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's million millions are made when there's a recession, right. And when there's, you know, a hurt. And so I, I, I think I'm going to start moving into, the commercial space um, come here soon. But but I, I also, I've, I've gotten to a point where, you know, me and my wife have decided that, you know, money is no longer the goal. It's just time. And so I, at 35 years old, I'm going to kind of reassess and see where my life's at. Because, um, you know, there is a point in time where enough is enough and I'm still figuring out what that is. Yeah. Um, but I, I would love to, my dream job is to be, a high school football coach of my son's oh, team, cool. right? And then just to not worry about money. And so that's kind of, I think, next steps for us is commercial. And then in four years, we'll reassess. But that's kind of the next steps for me. Hey, so. kudos to you for being like self-aware about that too, because a lot of guys in the industry and no no fault to their own, and not, it's not even a fault. It's just the way that some people are wired. Some people just want to keep on accomplishing, 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 and then other people get stuck thinking that that's also my dream when it's not. Okay. And then they're miserable because they're doing so much and they don't have balance in their life. So good, good for you for recognizing that and, and now working towards that. Brother, is there anything that I did not ask about in creative financing or any stories that you have that you want to share or think is important for people to know? You know, I, I think in a nutshell, and I'll, I'll tell it this way. My first deal that was crowdfunded and sourced um, that I bought creatively with other people's money and I exited as a short-term rental, the seller 
was introduced to me by one of my best friends. And it was a long-term friend from him. The three people that came in on that investment, one was a guy that I had worked with years ago. Another was the mother of a lady that knew my mother-in-law. <laughs> and then the third was a guy that I used to sell with competitively um, a few years ago. So another coworker. Nice. I found this property and I raised the money to execute it on it from people that were all within arm's reach of me, guys. Mm. Like, that's what's crazy about this is like, I'm telling you, and, and you know, and granted, I have my sales background, this and that, but there are people in your circle right around you in arm's reach away that are connected to somebody or might be the direct connection that can help you accomplish what you need to accomplish. The it. number one reason I think people don't is because they're not loud enough about it. You're not loud enough about it. You're not telling enough people about it. You're not wearing it on your sleeve. You're not committed to it as much as you should be. And so I, I guess, you know, the, the point of all that is, you know, you, the life you want is not that far away. Yeah. You know, it really isn't. You just got to take steps to do it. So, well, and I know I didn't ask you directly this question, but it, just in hearing a lot of these stories, most of these properties that you're finding, you're not necessarily scouring Zillow or websites. They're kind of being brought to you because of these relationships and because of how loud you're being about it. At this point now, yes. Okay. Not in the beginning? Not at the beginning. In the beginning, I was just getting loud in my circles. Hey, I'm buying. Who do you know that has a property that hasn't been sold? Hey, yeah. you know, I'm buying this property as an investment. Who wants to come on as a capital partner, right? And just being prepared to, when I get that, to take action, right? When somebody came to me, when my best friend came to me with, you know, a friend of his that had the property for sale, you know, it was knowing creative finance and being able to communicate that. And then when I was raising capital, having the pro formas, having the calculators, having everything to show the evidence of what I'm about to do is going to ha is there's a highly likelihood because of what's being done currently. Right. right? And so, so yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, how can people get connected with you? Where can they find you? Uh, my Instagram is the easiest way. Hi Lama K H A I L A M E K. Um, and then I, you know, I, I just love to hear from you all. I'm happy to help where I can. Uh, don't be afraid to, to reach out on my DMS. So awesome, brother. Hey, thank you so much for helping our audience to conquer the world of short-term rentals and creative financing today. Uh, you are awesome, brother. Hey, appreciate you. All right, guys, you have to, have to, have to get connected with Lame. And if any of this resonated with you, please do me a favor and go over to the YouTube channel, drop a comment on either what you would like to learn next about this strategy or what was the biggest aha moment for you so that we can just know what resonated, right? Or, or what we can do to help out. So please go do that. And as always, make sure that you check out the show notes for this one on the YouTube channel. It's right down below in the description. If you're on the podcast, it's just right there on whatever podcast platform that you're using. So we're going to go ahead and log off for the day. Thank you for joining us here on the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we're helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. We'll see you next time, Team Fearless. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.